Let's get sweaty. Welcome to another Shenmue Dojo show. Today we will be recapping and discussing episode 9 of the Shenmue anime entitled Distinct. I am the lyrical master, James Brown, and I'm joined by the distinct voice of Shenmue analysis expert, Mr. Matthew Oliver. How are you doing on this fine spring evening? I am very good, actually. I'm coming off the back of another excellent anime episode, coming off the back of seeing Sonic 2 in the cinema this weekend. Go and see it, everyone. It's really good. Oh, lovely. um, just get get ready, everybody, to vote uh, for James for a Grammy and, and his lyrical genius very shortly. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah, I don't know if that will actually be uh, happening anyway. Time I'll have to uh, slap someone on stage. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whack. Oh dear. Keep Matt's name out my fucking mouth. <laughs> but yeah. Oh dear. Let's move on. We dodge that little bullet that everyone's yeah. Uh, yeah seems to be talking about at the moment. No need to bring that up on our show. But yeah, another corker of an episode. Matt, before we get stuck in, do you want to take us on a brisk look back through the previous episode? Now, I see that I always say these will be brisk, and they're not. So I'm going to try and be as brisk as I can, but everybody get a cup of tea, 10, 15 minutes, you'll be all right. And a biscuit. <laughs> and a biscuit, yeah, you've got to get a biscuit. Right, so we open Aspiration, episode eight, with the Shenmue 2 bad ending. Um, they put it into anime form. It's a dream that Ryo has, and he wakes up very suddenly. And then Fang Mei walks into the room, introduces herself, says, I told you you'd be back, a little flashback. And then she says, right, go to Manmo Temple. Master Zhuing is asking for you over there. Cuts over to a beautiful shot of books in Manmo Temple. So we are getting books, and... Zhuing is telling Rio to take them out to air them. And Rio's like, why am I doing this? I want to meet you and Azu. She's like, no, this, just think of this as paying rent, basically. Rio sort of huffs and gets on with it, falls off a ladder when Fang Mei runs in, sort of startles him. And she basically calls him a klutz and says, right, you do the books on the lower shelves, I'll do the rest. And he's like, okay, then looks quite annoyed with himself. Then he's got the open credits, nothing there. Cuts to a very short scene with Joy. And she's talking to the guy at Come Over Guest House, basically asking where Rio is. And he says he's left and paid his bill. Naughty Rio, you never pay your bill. And Joy's a bit miffed by this. Cuts back to Manmo Temple. The books are outside. Fang Mei and Rio having a chat. And Fang Mei says, right, come back for four o'clock. And we'll be doing this sort of task for about a week because there's a lot of books in the in the um, in temple. And Rio's like, what do I need to do here? I need to learn some more wood. So it then cuts to a scene outside where Han Hui grabs Rio and reminds him of his task to be learning the wood and to find another martial artist. And Rio looks a bit forlorn at this point, thinking, well, I don't know any. So it then sort of cuts to a flashback where you have Jianmin and Master Zoshan, and they have two particular wood. And then it moves into Rio walking down the street of Hong Kong. And then he starts running and runs into Guixang, who's carrying something in a sort of purpley box, goes up in the air. Rio does some Matrix shit to catch it. Don't know how he does it. <laughs> and she's really annoyed by him and says, right, yeah. you're going to help me. And it ends in the Hong Kong tea shop where she's delivering a tea set to the to the guys there, to the guy there. And he's really thankful for it and gives Rio a cup of tea for helping. Uh, Guixang says, oh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. She leaves, much like this town and wanders off and really looks a bit confused by this cuts then to a scene of 
Wong and Joy. Wong's trying to nick Joy's purse. Joy grabs him and says, ah, you, you're good enough for that yet, mate. You know, you've got decades. And then she questions Wong about his material. And he's like, oh, and he worked on the Japanese guy. And then Joy starts asking after Rio. Wong said he'll help her, but for a price that will put his hand up in the air. And Joy looks a bit pissed by this at this point. Then cuts back to Manmo Temple. Fang Mei is doing some chores. Jiwing turns up and she asks how the book airing went. Fang Mei said she had to help Rio and that he was a bit of a klutz. And Fang Mei, not Fang Mei, Zhuing turns around and says, right, he needs your guidance. And she's like, I'm going to whip his butt into shape. That's what Fang Mei says. It's quite funny. And then Zhuing goes, I'm going out, accompany me. I did think it was a little bit demanding, but there we go. But Fang Mei goes, okay, and hops on. There we go. Cuts then to another scene where Wong finds Rio and he shouts, hey, mister, Rio grabs and ruffles off his hair and Joy's there as well with him. They start talking and Rio's questioned about where he's staying. He says at another place and then he's after martial artists again. Uh, Joy says, well, you're obsessed with this and Wong goes, well, actually, there's a lady at Pigeon Park. Cuts to Pigeon Park and we see our friend Eileen there. They didn't have to do this. Nice bit of fan service here. They spar briefly and she says she can't help Rio and she doesn't know the wood. She says, oh, she might. That she is Izumi, uh, who is not working at Tomato Convenience Store, but a random convenience store at this point. She goes to punch Rio. Rio catches it. And she says, unfortunately, she can't help but compliments him on his reactions. Did see someone say that that shop is like, looks like something that you'd find in Hong Kong? Like, I think, yeah. Perhaps not the, the right branding, but yeah. Cuts then to a scene where a boy is protecting his sister from a bunch of the yellow heads. He kicks one of them in the nuts and they're about to whack him with a pole and Zhuing pops up, grabs the pole, throws it on the floor and tells Fang Mei to get, get him to safety. And then Zhuing basically gives these guys the death stare, utter, uh, utter death stare, and they absolutely shit themselves and leg it, basically. They we want no part of her, she's trouble. Runs off, um, Zhuing goes and checks on the on the children. The, 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 the older boy goes, I must get stronger so I can terrorise, you know, stop them from terrorising my sister. It flashes then very quickly to a scene of Zhuing's brother. And she's sort of remembering this and says, look, you shouldn't do that. You'll be straying onto the wrong path. And they leave. And they look very confused at this point, as does Fang Mei. Cuts to the tea shop. Rio's like, we haven't found any martial artists. And there's a guy arguing out outside with a land shark. Rio goes to intervene. Joy says, no, look, they're just knocking everything down because you know, the city's dilapidated. And it's the way of life here at the moment. Rio sits back down. Then ticks to four o'clock and Rio's like, oh, heck, I'm late and gets an absolute rollicking off of Fang Mei. She goes absolutely mental at him. He's really, Rio's sorry, says he's looking for the wound. She doesn't believe him. And she says, why are you here? She, he, Rio turns around and goes, right, I was looking for you and She goes, who's that? So not doesn't believe him. And then says, even if I knew he was, I wouldn't tell you about him anyway. And storms off. Zhuing turns it around the corner, lets Fang Mei go. And Rio owns up to being late. And Zhuing says, oh, you're both very similar in, in regards to, you know, don't think ill of her. And, it, and that, that scene sort of ends there. Very quick, brief scene of Joy looking at a girl and her dad in the tea shop. And you overhear them some conversation in the tea shop about land sharks terrorising the Yantin apartments in South Carmain Quarter. There's a martial arts master dealing with them, which then triggers Joy and Wong to leave. Cuts back to Fang Mei doing some chores. Zhuing comes up to her and says, right, yeah, what was that about with Rio? Fang Mei calls him a fathead and says he's basically useless and she doesn't like him very much. <laughs> uh-huh. And Zhuing says, well, actually, you two are you know, pretty much similar, you know, like a straight arrow. It reminds me of somebody 
I know, looking at Fang Mei. Mm-hmm. Cuts outside the temple, and Han Hui slides out from behind something, like he's stalking Rio at this point, and basically says, the wound's not going very well for you. Rio says no, and he's like struggling to get any sort of lessons here. And Han Hui says he's lacking. And, it, and he says, yes, you are lacking. And it cuts to a little flashback with his father saying the same thing. And he's asking why he practices martial arts in, in that as well. Joy and Wong turn up to say, go to the anti-departments. There's a martial arts master there. Rio legs it off. Cuts to the scene with Gwixang and the land sharks. Rio turns up, basically mutilates them. But before saying that, goes, you don't appreciate all the old sites. You know, old sites are fine as well as new scenery. I made that mistake. Takes them down. And then Gwixang gives him the next wood, which eludes me right now. I can't remember the name of it. Wasn't it Yi then? I think it um, I thought, yeah, might have been Because we had Yi last time, I and think. We had Dan today, didn't we? So yeah, yeah. Yi. At that point, Rio sort of scolded for judging her by her looks. And you can see around Fang Mei sort of laughing in the background. Rio walks back to Manmo Temple, twigs what the lesson was, runs back over there and sees Master Zhuing like lent up against the wall, recites the wound, and she turns around to him and goes, you're still lacking, and the fire of revenge is now burning. It's the first time we hear revenge mentioned at this point. Rio sort of doesn't really know what to do. He's taken aback by it. He touches his plaster, goes into the temple to see Fang Mei, and he apologises for earlier in the day, and Fang Mei also apologises for her behaviour. She also says that the Wulin Shu, a book by Yuan Dezu, is in the, the temple library, and Rio should go look for it. And the episode ends with Rio finding the Wolene shoe, and that is the end of the episode. Fine job, man. You could literally have like a drinking game about the plaster touches, couldn't you? Thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, you're hammered, wouldn't you? You would, because I'm sure he does it twice an episode, really, mm. at least. <laughs> Which, I mean, I don't know. He's, he's constantly thinking about his father, is he? And Landy, I suppose, every time he touches it. They've been playing that up, haven't they? Obviously, Landy gave him the scar, which was obviously different to what we were told in. in game law but they're playing that symbolism apart they have the scar and that vengeance thing and i did like that they they finally mentioned revenge the only person who ever sort of saw it before was yagamishi but he never said it explicitly it was just the yeah look he in looked in his eyes. eyes and he was he didn't want to help him did he at that point no he sort of backed away from it didn't he but um Zhuing just called him out straight called him out Good episode yeah. all round, and, and it sort of leads in nicely to, to this episode, which we've just seen. Yeah, well, if you thought those last two were slower paced, I mean, we've got a 90 mile an episode with episode nine again. So here is the synopsis. It's Rio finds a book written by Yuanda Zhu in Shuing's library. In the book, he finds a memo of Chawan Sai, which could lead to danger with one mistake. Despite the danger, Rio uses it to find Yuanda Zhu. However, instead he is attacked by members of the Yellowheads who are also looking for Yuanda Zoom. So that's interesting, actually, because obviously that's the first time I've read the synopsis. And like halfway through the episode, we noticed they were making a mistake with the challenge sign, weren't they? But it's just saying the synopsis here. It could lead to danger with one mistake. Yeah, so it's, it's playing on it, isn't it, in the synopsis? I think they were. I think they were playing on the fact that he, he made a mistake with the challenge sign and then... He got that message to meet at Mamu Park, and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, everything went tits up from them. But reactions time, Matt. How did you actually find the episode as a whole? I enjoyed the episode as a whole. Um, there are certain things that they've taken out, which we'll, we'll you know we'll talk about in the analysis properly. But it's much faster paced, very much faster paced. It was very much game stuff all the way through. Game, 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 game. I think they needed to with with getting then enough episodes in for Kowloon. Enjoyed it. I think it made me appreciate the slow episodes a bit more, if I'm honest. 
but yeah, good episode, meets the mark, meets the standards. More, please, basically. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's like another 10 out of 10. I mean, marking-wise, throughout the season so far, I don't want to be biased and say that every episode's been a 10 because maybe there are some, not necessarily like low points, but not as strong episodes throughout. But I really appreciate every single episode that they've done so far. I don't think there's been a bad episode, I think, generally across the board i've been really pleased yeah i i mean i'd i'd agree with you i think yeah some episodes have had less bits and people have not been as strong as others and i'd be very interested actually because shenley forever is doing a little poll every week yeah of, of what people are thinking i'd be very interested to see what the results are of that poll i mean it's only a small sample of fans of course but i'd be very interested to see which episode comes out on top which episode isn't and where some of the weaker ones are um but overall like I'm scoring the anime right now. If I had to rate it, nine out of ten. Yeah. Damn good anime. I was going to say beast. generally from his polls, it's like ninety-five, ninety-four percent, maybe. Yeah, something on like average. That, isn't it? I think probably I where think I'm at. Five was ninety, so it's a bit lower, but it's still pretty good. And was it episode? Oh, episode five was the last. You got last new one, wasn't it? Yeah. So I wonder if that's just because people expected it to have been longer and it was like only five episodes possibly yeah maybe maybe all right well no problem anyway let's just have a quick music break now before we get into the the deep analysis as it were and conveniently i've picked the theme of challenge sign for this episode Welcome back. That was the music that plays during Chowan Sign. And I think I actually prefer that version to the Shemu 3 version. So the one I played was the Shemu 2 version, Matt, just for a, a bit of context there. But uh, you know, the okay. Shemu 3 version that they play for about 10 minutes in the credits. Um, yeah. For some reason, I just prefer the Shemu 2 one. It's a bit more. I think I do. It's got like a Chinese vibe about it, like a mm. more simplistic mm. instrumental. But it, it it's works nice. better. Yeah. It's nice. 
So let's get into the episode, Matt. So we open in Mano Temple's library again. So it's like picking up from where we left off from the scenes that you just detailed in the, the short recap of the, the previous episode. So we're back in Mano Temple. Rio's looking at the, the Wulin Shu mm-hmm. in the library and he discovers Sun Ming Zhao's name. And we get that kind of, like you say, this episode, it follows very much with the game. Yeah, it definitely does. So we kind of get that, that flashbacky sort of cutscene that's playing in Rio's head of Landy saying, do you remember Sun Ming Zhao? And... Just as that happens, the Chowan paper falls out of the book, like it does in the game. Oh, actually, I've got a point here that he doesn't actually mention the Tiger Swallow style, so whether that's been omitted or retconned or... You're right, and I don't think it's mentioned anywhere else in the anime, and I can't recall if it's mentioned anywhere else in in the games. Also, Master Bai practices Tiger Swallow style. Tiger Swallow style, yeah, because that that is the, the connection we've always had that Mm. Master Bai, who could be relate, yeah, it's something know. to do with Landy, yeah, in that regard. Exactly. But yeah, they don't mention it. I mean, it's not a big deal that they don't mention it. I didn't think about it as the episode was playing. It's only just now I just realised. Well, they, they've, I don't know. It doesn't make a massive difference in terms of the story pace and where they're going. I think it's nice to know what it is, but it's mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. They've not really been mentioning too much, to be honest. With as 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 far as martial arts go, obviously we've had. The only real mention is the Tai Chi that Jamin was practicing. They haven't really mentioned any other form of martial arts or no, only only Rio Suzuki style, and that's yeah, about it. Isn't move it? names like I mean, we've we had the Swallow move name dive. for Swallow Dive, but then you know nothing else really since. Have about we six times? Has he has he used the Iron Palm yet that you learned? Mm, he may have done in in some of the fights, but I can't I can't remember. Yeah, and is the Tiger Swallow style an actual move? Do you know uh, style? A martial arts or is it, a, was it made up? I don't know. I'd have to Google it quite honestly. Okay. Because I'm just wondering if like, because it's made, like it could have been made up and then, you know, they didn't, it's not as important to mention, I guess. The only thing that is worth mentioning is the, t- the word tiger in there. Because obviously mm-hmm. Rio and the wow and that sort of stuff is, uh, is seen as tiger, I guess, because of his jacket and whatnot. So interestingly, I've just Googled it as you were talking about tiger swallow. It's, yeah. um, also called Koin Ken, which is a unique martial art combining two styles of Shaolin Kung Fu into a lethal form of weaponless combat. So it is called it's called Tiger Swallow Fist is also referred to as. So it is a legitimate martial art. There you go. Yeah. That sounds very familiar to be honest. Like I might have read that on the dojo like twenty years mm, ago. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really yeah. like someone's googled it, and which kind of makes sense because it is. You know, Landy's got this brutal moves with just his hands and feet, hasn't he? So. Yeah. didn't use weapons. Yeah, it takes people out. So we move into the Daiyuan apartments, and this was quite cool how he was taking the note yes. that we just found from the book to the Daiyuan apartments, and that's kind of where it cuts to the scene where Rio spots Shuing crying over a photo of herself and Ziming. We can actually see Ziming more clearly than we can in the game with a really serious look on his face. Shuing looks happy and carefree as a child, opposed to how serious and sullen she can be as an adult, implying that Ziming's decision to pursue revenge had ruined not one life, but two. Which, yeah, she's constantly kind of had that, not like a depression, but she's like held on to the fact that she kind of lost a brother, as it were. It's like kind of losing a sibling, I suppose, in her mind. But this person hasn't died, but she doesn't know where this person is, in a sense. She knows that he he, he went off to seek revenge, like we were told in the game, but that's about mm. as far as she knows. And unlike in the game, Rio doesn't get caught spying. 
And actually, at the time, I was thinking he's actually took that note to the Daiyuan apartments to speak to Shuing. So yeah. he could have been doing that, but because he saw her having a moment kind of thing, he, he didn't bother to, to poke her at the no, time. He's left her to it, which, yeah, make, makes sense. And it, I mean, the, sh- the scene itself is pretty much one-on-one with the game. She's in her blue dress rather than her red clothes here. But things on yep. the wall, etc., are the same as the games. It's pretty much one to one. The photo is really good. On. Actually, mm. the photo they're wearing the exact clothes. The buildings are the exact same. It's all spot on. <laughs> That's good attention to detail. So obviously, then we get the opening introduction music. Head bobbing, go buy it a quid, and we end up in Mammo Temple's yard the next day, where Rio is actually quizzing Fang Mei about the slipper paper that fell out of the woman's shoe. So obviously, he mustn't have got around to to ask him shooing about it that night she doesn't have a clue but she actually directs him to the owner of the hong kong tea shop which we saw in the previous episode and i think you were saying that that's an exact replica of the one that's in the game it is. but obviously I've, I've never actually questioned the people in this tea shop on, on my playthroughs as, as it were i suppose so no, i don't know if, I. if the dialogue's I. the same or there's some similar similarities there. I might have to give it a go next time I play it, actually. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's the same one as in the game. So I think I think Sony did a comparison shot for us of it. Yeah, the sign is like identical in it. Yeah, but yeah, maybe yeah. like there's like one character slightly different. But Hannah was saying that it didn't make a difference. I don't think. Mm, that's right. So we end up in that Hong Kong tea shop, and we got a short scene where the tea shop owner is informing Rio that the slipper paper is a Chowan sign, and directs him to Guixang. Want to take over, Matt? I do, yes. So at this point, Rio turns up, knocks on Guixang's door, and she says, what do you want? And Rio shows her the bit of paper, and she invites him in. And she teaches him about the Chowan sign, how they're used by martial arts masters of the same schools to communicate, which is similar to the games. Yeah. She then tells Rio what the characters are. So you've got heaven, which is time, earth is place, friend, bloody translation error. It's comrades. For the love of God, it is comrades. <laughs> Uh, refers to a person and i'll be interested to see if the english dub says comrade or not and it should do if it's consistent yeah the only thing i will say is i noticed in the japanese dub she said the word you like why you you which okay like it is like the japanese i mean you've got uh tomodachi which is like friend mm-hmm. but you is like another word for um or, or like the kanji because they say the kanji different than like the actual vocabulary word uh. but yeah it says friend it's not like comrades like i've you know it's it's a word i've come across for friend rather yeah. than like it, it was telling me that the translation was comrade so i mean it does add up it's just like, okay. at some point someone's took the liberty of translating it to comrade if right that makes sense yeah yeah i'm with you okay okay that that makes more if sense. that's consistent with the japanese dub anyway makes, makes me less angry <laughs> it wouldn't be shenmue without a dodgy translation somewhere would it i mean someone can correct me on that just because i don't i i haven't really played the japanese enough to know or like obviously i did on the pal back in the day but i, I obviously didn't recognize words or no kanji no, back no. then so i wouldn't know if the, the kanji was the same when the, the word was the same and the dub was the same you know what i mean yeah yeah um, and then the last one is Dragon, uh, which refers to an action, and she teaches him the proper placement of the cups and also warns him that you know incorrect signs, etc., could be dangerous. Now, this is an interesting point. I can't remember who raised this in, in chat. It might have been Ginger in chat on stream. Actually said, Gwixang delivered it as though she would be doing the sign herself. So for Rio, it was mirrored. So she took the left cup, put it up, middle cup stayed where it was, and then the third cup, goes down oh, and then okay. the, and then the other cup 
obviously stays where it was create create the sign but for rio that would have been mirrored so you think that's where he'd led into the mistake yes which comes in in a minute so we go and go to sort of white dynasty quarter and knowing now to do the shower and sign and they'll respond if they see it rio gives it a pop at a food stall and if you notice it, it's the wrong way round. Yeah. So he's he's done it the way that he saw it. Because we were thinking this was like a mistake by the animation mm. team. <laughs> but actually, it's very deliberate and very clever. Right. They've okay. done a good job here. So he waits all day. And as he's sort of about to pay and leave, gets a note to go to Manmo Park for nine o'clock, which cuts out the little bit where he gets told to go to uh, come over guest house. Yep. And then gets a telephone call and then goes there. Fine. Obviously... You do the correct sign. You get. You can get the scene by doing the correct version. You can yes, absolutely. But Jamin, was it Jamin? Or no, it's Quicksang that says to him, "Don't you know? Be careful not doing alternative yeah. signs because bad things can happen." And it doesn't actually, as far as I'm aware, there's no sign. There's no sign anywhere mm. that does anything apart from like the correct way. But I yeah. do like that they've done a little twist on that that it, it does in the anime. It's very, very cleverly put together. And it's one of those little bits that watching it for the first time, you're going to miss it. So I'm glad mm. someone picked that out in chat because I wouldn't have seen it. I, I, no, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't have seen it, I don't think, unless we were, you know, because we were talking about it. Mm. So then we get to Manmo Park, um, which you know, pretty much looks similar to the games. You don't see a huge amount of it and it's dark at this point anyway. It's nine o'clock. Rio turns up and he gets smashed over the head from behind with an iron bar. And you get a dream sequence immediately after where Rio is chasing Landy, who is holding the dragon mirror, interestingly. Uh, mm-hmm. And Landy turns around and knocks him back with a palm to the chest, very sort of wolf casually. And Rio goes flying. Rio then wakes up, like really sort of panicked, wakes up here in the Dayuan apartment. Why do you think they keep doing these sort of dream sequences? Is this just to remind the viewer that Landy's yeah, threatened? Yeah, I think so. And um, I mean, this is a new scene. It's not in the games or anything either. I think it's just to remind people that Landy is there, Landy's a threat. But they keep doing them with Landy, which says to me they're building to the, to, to the final episodes where obviously you've got the rooftop and Landy shows up, doesn't he? Yeah. So I think that's part of the reason they're probably doing it. So Rhea's woken up in bandages, and he's absolutely... I mean, he's ripped. I want to know what the hell he's eating. <laughs> yes, he looks like the guy from Berserk. He said yeah. on the stream. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's built up, you know, like built like a brick shithouse. <laughs> he is, isn't he? Um, yeah. he? So he gets up, and the room, you know, Zhiyun's room is one-to-one. The games have said that before. He noticed the photo of Ziming Zhiyun on the table, looks closer at it, reading their names on the back, which is different to games where, obviously, he gets caught spying. And Ewing knocks it onto the floor and Rhea picks it up and then puts it away for her. Yeah. Fang Mei comes in and scolds Rhea for not looking out for himself and that Master Ewing is worried about him. Um, and it's implied at this point rather than shown like in the games where if you fail the fight, etc. in the games, Ewing comes out and saves you. Um, it's implied here that Ewing does that for you here and that she takes Rio back to the apartments. And But Rhea has no recollection of this. He's absolutely out of it. You know, he's been knocked out with, a, with an iron bar. So you can imagine... That probably hurt quite a lot. And then we get a bit more on Zhiyun's backstory because Rio asks, well, who's Ziming? To Fang Mei, she says, well, you know, they grew up in an orphanage. Well, Ziming, Ziming's our older brother, etc. Now, I'd have to check. I don't think Fang Mei alluded to the fact that she grew up in that orphanage in the anime, but she does in the games. I'd have to watch it back. I can't remember. I haven't seen the word orphanage. No, no, I haven't. So I think it's not mentioned. I'd have to double check it but I'm pretty sure it wasn't mentioned at, the, at this point. Um, so then we come over to a tea shop. So Rio has resolved himself to the fact when he keeps trying this, and he's trying at a different location. And I think it is the 
I think it's the Hong Kong tea shop, in fact. And there's someone who's staring at him, and it's Zangu, who's the barber, who we recognise from doing one of the wood in the game. We were wondering where he was going to show up, weren't we? <laughs> and they put this in quite nicely here. And he remarks that Rio must be a martial artist after seeing the Chowan sign on the table, um, while also sort of noting that he saw a sign of that at the Dojang Diner. And he also notices that Rio made a mistake with his sign, putting him in danger. Right, so there's the context, isn't there? There's yeah. the context on Dojuang Diner, so he knows to go there next, and obviously that he knows he's now he, he was doing the wrong sign. Yeah, because it's mirrored. It's the way yeah. that Rio saw it, rather than looking at the paper. Um, very, very clever. Very clever. A nice. I'm trying to think of the way to word it is a, a little detail that they didn't have to do, but it, narratively, I think it just makes sense because Rio is rushing. He's not considering. Have I done it right? He's just sort of, I saw it this way, I'm doing it. So again, yeah. it's him being headstrong, it's him being reckless, it's him rushing, it's all of that together and very, very subtle but very nice storytelling at this point. Rio then asks Zangu if he's a martial artist and he replies saying that he used to be and there's like this massive scar on his forearm sort of down from sort of the base mm. of his palm up most of his arm. It's quite a long way here. And it's prompted by a flashback um, to uh, Hanhui encouraging Rio to learn the wood. And Rio asks Zhangu if he can teach them about the wood, and he's invited back to his barber shop. Right, which is where I'll pick up from. So we're in Zhangu's barber shop now, and Zhangu puts Rio in his barber chair, and just like in the game, puts his knowledge of the voodoo to the test by placing a razor to Rio's throat. Rio actually reacts, so it's like, you know, you've been prompted with the A button, you pressed A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you failed. <laughs> yeah, you failed. So Zangi remarks on his fast reflexes, but states that Rio lacks something fundamental to understanding the final voodoo. Stephen, at the time I was thinking, actually, Rio doesn't doesn't move too much, but he moves just enough that obviously he's not ready for the voodoo, I guess. Yeah, he flinches at it, doesn't he, in fairness? So upon leaving, we get a little montage of the flashbacks of Iwao, Hanhui, and now Zangyu all saying that Rio's lacking. It's a very common theme. He's mm, constantly definitely. getting bullied by these yes. <laughs> elders. He brushes it off for now and decides to try the Chowan sign again. Then it leads back to Dojoang Diner, which we said, you know, obviously he gets the context to go there now. And he's trying the Chowan sign again in there. But obviously he's doing the proper sign now. And he's told that there's a phone call for him which is just a bluff to allow a note to be left at his table, telling him to meet him here at 8pm. So it's a slight difference. So instead of the tap on the shoulder, and I think in the game it's like a randomer that taps him on the shoulder, leaves a note, and then um, mm-hmm. he's told to come back at 8pm and team. Yes, he is indeed. On the note or yes, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've kind of used the phone call for some reason here as a, a, a different sort of style, but it works. And we skip to Mammo Temple now, where Shuming's searching in the odd for Rio. Fang Mei informs her that he left to visit a tea shop. Shuing, clearly concerned about Rio's stubbornness and his insistence on not needing her advice, paraphrasing the line from the game, that his mind is far from where it needs to be clean and serene as a porridge. Well, see, I'm trying to do the, the normal line there, but she just says clean and serene as a mirror. So obviously we know in the game it's like a mind, like a polished mirror. Yeah, and she mentions it for the leaf catching, doesn't she, in the game? Whereas here, yes. obviously, she's sort of mumbling it to herself. To Fang Mei, isn't she, actually? Yeah, so... and I do wonder, I mean, it's coming on to something at the end, which we'll talk about, but I do wonder whether this will come up again. Because, I mean, at the end of Shenmue 2 in the, on the rooftop fight, it has that flashback, doesn't it, where just before he does counter-album assault, where he goes, what do I do? Yeah. She says, 
keep your mind clear as a polished mirror. And that's what he does. He, he does closes, closes his eyes, his eyes and then unleashes yeah. counter out of salt. So I expect it will come back at some point. It just depends when, doesn't it? Mm. I mean, we were talking about this quite a lot on the stream, which we'll get into when we finish the episode. I think that's a nice yeah. opportunity to talk about stuff then. So, so while it's never stated outright, this is setting up Shuming's appearance a little later in the episode by implying that she leaves to find him at the end of the scene, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. she kind of shows up in a bit. So we're back at the Dojang Diner. It's night time now. And Zhang enters, because obviously Ryo needs to be there at 8pm. So Zhang enters and reveals himself to be the service of Yuan Dezu, which we know he's... Um, what's the word he uses in the game? He's the... Um, he's kind of like the intel for Zhu and Diamond, but there's a word he uses. Inf- is it informant? I think, inform- yeah, I think he's an informant for Yuan yeah. Dezu. That's the connection there to Yuan Dezu that we're getting now. And before Ryo can properly introduce himself, the yellowhead fugs burst into the diner and capture Zhang. So this is similar again, apart from someone doesn't needlessly um, smash themselves through the window, <laughs> <laughs> even though the door is like, uh, not locked or anything. But for some reason, Zhang like, runs towards them, yeah, I rather than, like, you know, he could have escaped in the back entrance. Oh, wasn't it, that the... he didn't try and bail properly, he just runs at them, going, ah, I'm yeah. going to get captured, and then they capture We could have gone to the kitchen and got a bloody machete out or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but no, he just runs at them. <laughs> Again, it's never explicitly stated, but in the early scene of Mamma Park, it implies the Yellowheads are tailing Rio as a way to find Yuanda Zhu, so they must be after uh, Zhu Yandua as well. Yeah, and again, it, I mean, this might be a little spoiler, but I'm going to say it anyway. It's, it's again, I think they are tailing him, as as we know when he does eventually find Yuanda Zhu later on. Um, but I'll leave it there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So then this leads into what would normally be considered like the watermelon fight, the big QTE. Yes. You know, it's where you get your first action QT as well. You know, I think everyone like it as soon as that pops on the screen. We're like, eh, 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 fumble, fumble <laughs> yeah, for the buttons because it's yeah, like the thing. <laughs> we didn't know it was coming, but they've kind of shortened that down a little bit, which is to be fair because obviously they've only got so long to show. Yeah, I, I mean, I would have liked like a quite a full blown fight scene, and especially I, I, I'm a little bit disappointed that they didn't do the watermelon stuff. But it's it's fine; it's not a problem. So the thugs are dragging Zhang to Yuan. So this is the first glimpse we get of Yuan. Just as Ryo dispatches the last of them in the diner, Ryo gives them a death stare to end all death stares. It's 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 worse than that Yu Suzuki death stare. It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, very menacing. Didn't we get a death stare from someone else like, last Zhu episode in, as well? Zhuing gave those two guys one. I think probably Zhuing's is probably more of a death stare than Ryo. Could be, yeah. but... So the rankings, Zhuing, Ryo, Yu Suzuki. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, one of them recognises Rio from the Golden Shopping Mall in a previous episode, mm-hmm. which was, was it the guy in the red? I think it was. Cause I, I, I know him a bit more now after seeing Joe Kitchen's comparisons. The, the muscly guy out of the yeah, it's yeah, Kind of like a waistcoat red top thing in it mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. no shirt on. <laughs> and meanwhile, Shoeing is shown to be lurking in the shadows. So she's stealthing around a little bit solid snake, I suppose, in the shadows. Uh, Yuan is about to set the goons on Rio until they're dispatched by an unseen force, which she must have used an invisibility cloak or something. Harry Potter <laughs> walks around and people just fall over. Well, a little surprise point of this, actually. In the game, they they obviously have that sort of that, that blur effect for her when she jumps out. Yeah. I'm surprised they yeah, didn't yeah. do it here. I just think it they would, done, would have been they? a cool little artifact to put in there. Um, I mean, it's fine. It's not a big issue. But I was a little surprised they didn't do it, especially as they did it when Rio sparred with her. I thought it would make a good point to do it here as well. 
But meh, obviously and not. And it just seemed a bit weird just how like no one was by them or behind them and they'd be just falling over. They all just went down, didn't they? Which was a bit strange to see, I suppose. Yuan turns and embarrassingly retreats. So obviously Yuan's characteristic is stumbling around a lot. I suppose she's got like massive high heels on. And she falls over. And she's not, she? not considered a she actually. She's the she's man the he variant yeah, that we get yeah, from yeah. the you know the Japanese version of the game where you know, she is a man in those games. Yeah, and as, as a side point for anybody who's, who's sort of new to the franchise and listened to this for the first time, uh, originally the Japanese version of James just said, uh, Yuan was a cross-dressing man. And in here, in the PAL version that we got in the UK, that was censored out and Yuan was cast as a woman. Whereas here, they've stuck true to the Japanese story roots here. Yeah, which I think is a bit more, you know, in, in this sort of era of... yeah. It's more accepted, isn't it? I think the whole transgender, you know, it's a wider issue and all the rest of it, and we're not going to go into it here. Yeah. I mean, back in 2001, you know, you wouldn't batter an eyelid at them censoring no, or something now, like that. You know, these days you'd have like an heated argument on Twitter or yeah, something about them yeah, doing that. So that could be the reason why they just stuck with, a, you know, it as a, a Japanese series at the end of the day. Yeah, and actually in the re-releases, they didn't censor it out either. Yuan's referred to as a man, certainly in the Japanese dub. I don't know about the English dub on the re-releases. I'd have to listen to it again. I think, I think, it's a I sh- think they kept it, yeah. I think they did kept, keep it because obviously you've got Liesl Wilkinson, aren't you, the voices Yuan, so... Yeah, yeah, of course, I yeah. think they did keep that, so not a problem anyway. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's what I, I was expecting, to be honest. Yeah, and me. So Rio recovers Zhang and properly introduces himself this time with the letter to Iwao. He's surprised that the Chiyu men have extended their reach to Japan. So he sees that it, the letter's from Yuanda Zhu and he's, you know, he's uh, surprised to see that. I think, did he ask who Iwao is? Or Yeah, he goes, oh, who's Iwao? Yeah, looking at the letter and then Rio tells him. Which I thought was a bit weird because if this is Yuanda Zhu's associate, you yeah, think you'd he... kind of be in the know a bit, wouldn't you, about what's going on? But He clearly doesn't. He clearly doesn't, yeah. So Zhang tells Ryo that Zhu went into hiding after being targeted by the Chiyu men and that his current location is unknown to him. Okay, so that kind of makes sense. I don't know how long he's been in hiding for. Has he been in hiding since this happened, do you reckon? Since the start of you know, it makes November you wonder, the 29th, like whatever? It sounds like he's been in hiding quite a while. And we know Landy's looking for him. He's been looking for him a long time. There's that flashback to that restaurant in, in the Shenmue 1 arc. I can't remember what episode it was in where Landy's looking for Yeah, him. the Shuhi Hall. Yeah, and then that's where the guy says, oh, yeah, Yuanda Zhu is involved in getting the marriage oh, to Japan. That makes more sense now. Now you've said that, I wonder, because we were questioning that whether that was a flashback or not. Mm. Do you think he was just searching for Yuanda Zhu then? I think he was looking for the mirrors and, and, and Yuanda Zhu, and I think that's, that, that context was there. Um, yeah. So Zoo sounds like when you add that in, sounds like he's been in, in hiding quite a while, and Landy's yeah, always been yeah. looking for him. What we, what sounds like to be quite a while as well. So, hmm. which could be what leads them towards Hong Kong, really, because at be. the time he's in Yokosuka still, and he's still in Japan, I think. Yeah, I believe so. And then he shows up at that Shuhi Hall, which, if we're led to believe that isn't in China, where you know Switch has found the comparison of it, and mm. it's in like Japan, an actual yeah. restaurant in. So he, he could have still been in Japan questioning some Chinese guy about Yuanda Zhu, and then that made his decision to go back to Hong Kong because their new motive is Yuanda Zhu. Yeah. Maybe yeah, maybe yeah. that's the that is the motive because they know that Yuanda Zhu's knows something about the second mirror and he didn't realise that Iwao had it all along. Yeah. So yeah. We could, could get a bit more 
explanation on that at some point. Because I did wonder, that was a strange scene, I thought that at Shuhi Hall, to have like no context behind it, because even up until now, we've just spoke about it, I still didn't know if that was considered a flashback or that was happening real time, but, you know. But I think for me now that confirms that that was real time. Mm. And that's why Yuanda Zhu's gone into hiding now because he he knows from that moment, maybe he got a tip off from that restaurant guy that Landy's after him. Yeah, Yeah, it could be. be. So Zhang reveals that the only ones who might know where Zhu is is Ren of Heavens' gang, obviously the Heavens, Mm -hmm. and gives Ryo their location. And then Zhang introduces himself as Su Quin in the subtitles, but it is listed as Sun Quin Zhang in the credits. I'm assuming they're calling him by his first name rather than the last name in the subtitles, but don't know what he actually said in Japanese. I wonder, did did they not say Zhang at all then? Were we we just Uh, saying Zhang because we we know his name is Zhang? He's called Zhang in in the games, so we we just carried on with it. It's the same for every character, though, because like, if you play the Japanese dub, obviously you get Harasaki don't you? Mm. instead of Nozomi. You get the first names or the surnames, whichever order they are in the Japanese dub. So that probably, people probably know him as Su Quin, maybe, if you play maybe. the Japanese dub. I can't it's remember. Really, I, I, don't, I don't know, but I'm fairly sure. Sh- in the English dub, what is the English mm-hmm. dub? In the Japanese dub, English dub for Shenmue 2, he, Subtitles, it probably says Zhang, yeah. It says Zhang, it definitely says But I wonder Zang. if this, they actually pronounce Suquin. Yeah, could be. Suquin or whatever. I, I don't know. It's um, an interesting point because it threw me off a little bit. I was like, you what? But then when Spag said it in chat, it made sense. Yeah, yeah. Right, so after getting his information from Quin or Zhang, whatever you want to refer to him as, um, <laughs> we go to Beverly Hills Wharf and Rio is bluntly asking some shady-looking characters where he can find Ren. They react badly to this until Rio asks again. They sort of have a mini fight. Rio puts one of them in quite a nasty wrist lock. And actually, one of the made me laugh a little bit where one guy goes to punch Rio, sort of misses. And another guy comes in, misses Rio, and just twats his mate in the face. <laughs> yeah, quite funny. Yeah. Um, That's something you'd expect to see in the game, actually. Yeah. Um, it's it's a different spin on the warehouse number eight stuff in um, where the gambling areas are in, um, in Shenmue 2. But it's, it's the same end result. Uh, you go to the gate at the uh, Beverly Hills Wharf. Rather than the massive fight where the screen fades to black at this point when it's a trap, he gets smashed in the face, full on in the face, with another iron bar. And he goes, damn it, not again as I go down. Which I Yeah. Well, he's only just been hit by one like a day ago, hasn't he? Yeah, so he's <laughs> smashed in the face again with an iron bar. And actually, the thug designs here are, are the ones from the number eight warehouse fight in the game. And I know um, I've got an image that Joe Kitchen put together. He rigged up for us again. He's, he's brilliant at doing these when we're streaming because I can pull these up on stream and put them in the templates and everything. Um, and I'll put it on the screen for everybody so everybody can, can see the scene together and see the comparison between the two. But it's quite cool. Then cuts to Wong's boat. Rio is woken up by Wong, who reveals he blew some major credibility to make sure that Rio got away mostly unharmed, which is interesting. So I want to know what he did to sort of save him. Wong isn't able to lead Rio to Ren, but gives him the heaven's light and says it's the best way to meet him is to say you've got money for him. And Slightly different, isn't it? It's slightly different because what they're doing is cutting out the need for him to earn money in the game, obviously. You get off the boat, you beat some people up, you find Cool Z, Sam and Larry... They go, you got $500. You go, no, because you didn't know you needed it at this point. You go earn your money, you come back, you donate. There you go. They've cut that out. Makes sense. 
Which made me wonder, like, why were they introducing Ren so early? Because mm, good point. They just wanted to make him a bit more of a presence. one of the main characters. Yeah, or... maybe wanted to make him more of a presence. Like, why is he looking for Rio? And then all yeah. of a sudden, like, Rio turns up. It's interesting as to what, how that's going to play out. I later mean, it works. On. It's just strange mm. that they decided to add that in because now it it didn't need to be in there because Rio was the one that ended up still hunting for Ren at the mm-hmm. end of the day, wasn't it? So. Indeed. So before leaving, Wong warns Rio not to show any weakness to Ren and it won't be taken seriously without Nerves of Steel, which is sort of a play on what's going to come up in a minute and what is, is what I think we, we were saying on stream last week. Also, as a note, Wong's boat had the Bonanza Brothers um, <laughs> yeah. probably capsules again. again. But yeah, at but least no they... waves of morning haze. No, unfortunately, because that music's quality. It's what I've got planned for the next song. Actually. Ah, there we go. Um, so Beverly Hills Wharf, Rio turns up with the lighter, and they the thugs say to him, "Come back for some more." And he goes, he just shows the lighter, and they let him in. Says, and he says, "I've got money for rent." They let him in. Says, "Go on ahead." You know, and Ren's hideout, and Rio enters to find that Ren is sort of laid, laid back. It's almost expecting him. So he's obviously been looking for him, and then he's sort of, well, well, I'll just let him find me. He'll find me eventually. He's obviously heard something through the grapevine for whatever reason. Bearing in mind, he knows about Rio, because Wong, Sam, Larry, and Cause he told him about him in episode six. And then Joy's mentioned it as well. So Ren knows who he is at this point. It's different to the games here, because you don't have the, the flashlights. Ren sat in the car and like, comes up, gets the money, and all the rest of it. It's, it, it's done very differently here. I prefer that game scene. That's I like a do. Scene, I think it? they could have done the game scene and modified it slightly here. It works. It's fine, but I think the game scene's better. I think the game does this scene better and Ren's introduction at this point better than the anime. The anime is okay. It's passable, but the game is better. And I did mention that it looks very similar to the Kowloon hideout, isn't it? it? So does. I don't know. Like if... I don't know if we'll get it in Kowloon. Yeah, in it's strange, isn't it? Hmm. So then Ren says, "Well, I know where you and Zoo is. I'll." I'll um, yeah, I'll take you to him. But he tests Rio's resolve with the blade first. So he grabs out the, his knife and says, "May the gods, uh, may the gods protect you." Uh, it's "May the gods be with you" in the game, isn't it? So that's another Japanese to English dub thing. Yeah, probably. Um, before placing the knife at Rio's throat, he doesn't even move, blink, or do anything, taking on Wong's advice. This is a play on the barber shop, which we talked about last week. And incidentally, I you think got this right, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I was quite surprised. It was, um, and I think Spags mentioned it on the forums um, when I went went on there a few days later. I saw Spags had mentioned it as well. So it's it's funny seeing this. Well, after after you see the scenes, it makes sense, doesn't it? it? Does it makes perfect sense? It's very well written how they, and I think as a side point to this, how they've written the wood into the story elements rather than the game having it's a separate thing. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It works really well here, and they've done it again here. It works. It's really cool, and it is good. How the, who, whoever's wrote that is perfect because obviously in the games it's like your progression stopped until you learn these four wudu, and the four wudu mm. are like even though they're teaching you stuff. And it's kind of like, it feels like you're doing four different side quests. Yeah. In the anime, they've progressed the story to a certain extent, but mm-hmm. linked back to the wood. So the yeah. wood weren't like, he just went off and did four wood in a single episode. They've, they've split it into four episodes, but at the end of this episode, in a sense, you know, we're planning to go to Kowloon, if you know what I mean. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, even yeah. though he's only just learned the barbershop wood, we're already at that point, so it's it's really nice how they've integrated them into the the overall Hong Kong narrative. 
Yeah, for sure. I think what they've done very well here is they've taken the game elements and pieced them together in a different way, but narratively made it work. I think that's a very tall order, especially for us Shenmue fans, us you know, sort of hardened Shenmue fans who've been around a long time, played the games a lot, you know the, all the nooks and crannies, and for them to be brave enough to do it and do it that way, and then for us to be going and praising this, I think yeah. it says everything of the work they've done around this. Well, considering they've got the games there, the easiest way of doing it is just to copy the games, isn't it, it really? So for them to have taken their own sort of initiative and designed, you know, ultimately this, you get the same outcome, but the way that they've gone about doing it is completely different. And I, I applaud them for, I for trying something like that. Yeah. I, I do, absolutely. And while I think, broadly speaking, the broad strokes of this anime do follow the game, ordering things differently, moving pieces around for the narrative and getting it to work, I think is is a masterstroke because it's getting us talking about this sort of thing and how things are done compared to the games. The new people who are coming in, they don't know any better. So if they go and pick up the games, they're going to get a nice surprise where things are done differently as well. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a funny way of, of looking at it because you, like, I'm disappointed for seeing spoilers now. And like we said previously, you shouldn't be because we know what's going to happen because <laughs> it's you know you've, you've mm. played the game. But I'm still being disappointed by seeing spoilers because I don't know how yeah, the anime exactly team are going that, about doing it. Yeah, exactly that. Look, we know the journey that's going to happen here. We know where Rio's going to end up. We don't know obviously what's going to happen at the end of episode 13 where they're going to finish the whole thing. Different debate, but we know the journey. So, like you, I'm disappointed if I see something because I want to know how they're piecing it together, because it's different, because it's a fresh take, it's a new medium. So it does it does ruin it a little bit for me when I do see these, like, and I don't mean to sound horrible here, but these two-minute trailers, which is basically 10% of the damned episode, <laughs> um, I don't need it. A 30-second trailer on, you know, immediately for the next episode, great. Maybe a 30-second trailer midweek just to you know, wet the appetite. I don't need any more. I don't need any more. Um, because I think it spoils it a little bit, and it makes it really hard for us going in blind well, to then avoid. We've got to do the, you know, the ripping of the videos, the out, mm. you know, tweeting about it. You're ultimately going to see something, aren't lot. you? Yeah, you're going to see something. But I'll move off that point now because we've we sort of sat here for a while. And then the last little point I want to make around this is obviously you said it looks like it's Howard out in Kowloon rather than the abandoned warehouse. There's like cigarette, but it's a bit of a tip, quite frankly. Yeah. There's booze everywhere. Apparently it's a bottle of tequila, which I didn't notice, but Interesting. apparently it's tequila there. And that then ends the scene. Did you want to take the next one? Yeah, sure, yeah. So we move into the F warehouse now. Obviously, it doesn't actually state that it's the F warehouse, but we know it from the game. And it's that scene where Ren is leading Rio into the basement area where Yuan is collecting cash from the Duck Race operator. Which obviously, again, if you played mm-hmm. Shenmue Two, you know, and you've you've, you've worked for the Duck Races in the yeah. game, I mean, that's that's there's your contacts with Eileen and Nazumi, <laughs> right? Side, little side point to this as well is actually when you see that opening shot where they're all looking at the money and they're all there, all the characters are the same as the game. Yeah, I think yeah, Sonoshi yeah. did a um, comparison shot for us today. Oh, God, we put so many of those out today. I think people will be fed up with those by the end of it. Um, believe even that thug, it's the guy with like the, the yeah, ring in his ear or something, isn't it? The it's earpiece. It's all the same as the games. And I've said this a hundred times. I'm going to say it again. They don't have to do this. They don't have to have that attention to you. It could be random thugs for all yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah. They're not really playing a big part in the story, barring Yuan. And they've done, they've just gone, nope, we're going to do it exactly like the game. My, my hat. 
this was a scene that we were like, we were unsure if they were actually going to do this yeah, thing. Yeah, we weren't I mean, sure, were we? So seeing it, it works really well again because it's it's the first interaction we've got of, of Ren and Rio teaming up, as it were. Yeah. And then it's, you know, you get you, you kind of comedy moment where Rio doesn't realise that Ren's disappeared all of a sudden because the lights mm-hmm. go out, the cash goes missing. But he does actually say to Ren before this happens, I recognise that man yeah. or whatever, because yeah, that, that's yeah, where yeah, we, were, yeah. we were questioning about the man thing as well as we were streaming it. But obviously he recognises Yuan from the what, the White Dynasty Street Fight mm-hmm. event that happened. And because the lights go out, obviously, true to the game, Rio knocks over the pole that he's... Sort of like poised right next to, yeah. <laughs> and then he looks up at Yuan and the goons like, uh, "Oops, <laughs> he's just been caught." And then that switches to Pigeon Park, where Ren's laughing to himself about scapegoating Rio. He quickly gets a shock though when he discovers that Rio's caught up with him. So we don't actually see what happened there, do we? Do we see that there's Rio? Little fla- there's little flashes of Re- of Yuan's thugs beating up on the floor. Ah. So we, we know Rio's taken taken them out at this point. Taking a bit of a beating. Mm. Oh, he's beat them up, probably. He's, yeah. he's beat the crap out of them, yeah. And escaped and got out, yeah. Okay, so then this leads to Ren making a break for it. So obviously, normally in the game, he's chucking the cash around until you've just given him $500. There's Sam, Larry, Cool Z, and Ren. And you can chase one of the four, basically, can't you? Ren's the yeah. hardest one. Ren's the one that you probably don't chase mm. on your first playthrough because he just shoots off that fast. He's gone, he? like, yeah. like Usain Bolt. Yeah, so you probably have to go after like Sam or Larry because I think they're the slowest. But Cool Z is a cool one, actually, if you haven't done that because he runs oh, down an alley yeah. and you get an awesome cutscene where he's Rio steals his boombox and throws it in the air and like Cool Z is shitting himself because it's like his prized possession. If so if I've you got, haven't seen that one, that's definitely... If go I've back got a save playing. near it, I'll, um, I'll dump it in the video. Chuck that on the, on the YouTube counterpart, definitely. Um, so obviously he chases Ren, he chases him into Lucky Plaza, which is a very cool scene from the game. Obviously, you've got a little bit of a mix of QTs. There's a little bit of a... I think it's the very first plank walking thing you get, right? It is. Yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. it, into a QT rather than like it's you physically walking across the plank. He does walk across it. He it's walks across sick. it, but it's part of a QT rather than... Yeah, it's not quite as set, is it, in, yeah. in, in that regard? Yeah, yeah. We didn't get that, but we did get like... What was it? Not like what, the bamboo he, poles he, falling he down. There's something else. He the boxes downstairs, doesn't yes. he? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you see a few things that you would see in that cutscene, which is pretty cool. And then obviously you get to the top of the Lucky Plaza and Ren's on the scaffolding and Rio jumps at it. And just like in the game, the structure's collapsing. It's shown three times from multiple angles for the impact. Mm. And actually they keep falling down onto lower sort of planks, don't they, of the, this bamboo structure. Rather than in the game, I feel like they just fall and kind of like a pole vault. They do, they do like a pole vault thing where he grabs one of the poles and he's he's falling backwards onto this truck. But in the uh, the anime scene we got here, he, he kind of like goes down three flights before actually doing the fall. So I suppose it's less likely he would kill himself. Yeah. And just yeah. like in the game, they fall onto the canvas of the truck below and the Phoenix mirror is like out in the open, which Ren immediately spots and Rio immediately snatches to um, nope. to stop. Yeah, it's not yours. So they have a little bit of a conversation here, and Ren agrees to help Rio find Zhu Yuanda for real, as long as he gets a cut of the action, so he's already smelling money involved and whatever's going on here. So Ren gives some commentary on how he assesses threats and some of his motivations, which gives Rio a brainwave. 
Ren doesn't say that Zoo is in Kowloon, which has probably been saved for the next episode. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting point. They don't mention Kowloon, do they, Matt? No, not not by name, which I found quite interesting. But I think, yeah, it's probably just going to hold off mention. Also, someone was saying in chat, I can't remember who it was again, that actually Kowloon wasn't that far away. I think it's 40-minute bus ride, Paddy was saying. So it's basically a district of Hong Kong. Yeah. In the game, it's very it's very much a considered separate place. It's very separate, isn't it? It's very made of It feels like you're going to like a brand new area, doesn't it? But I I do remember, I think we we did mention it on a previous episode of the podcast and someone did call me out on it saying that technically Kowloon's still in Hong Kong. Mm, So mm. maybe that's the reason why they're not making a big deal of the name Kowloon, but I feel like they would still say it because it, like you say, it is such a big part of Shenmue 2's experience, isn't it? It's the third desk. It is like it's Kowloon. It's not like it's... They're still calling it Hong Kong, and you're just in a different place. It's it is Kowloon. Kowloon is Kowloon. So right. So after that, and Rio's had his brainwave, and we haven't mentioned Kowloon explicitly yet, but I'm sure we will do. We go to Zangu's barber shop again, and he tests Rio again, and Rio doesn't budge an inch. Now I, I'm going to pick a hole in this, and and this is the games as well. If you fail it and go back, you know what's happening. So in Rio's context, he knows what he's going to do. So how can you fail? Yeah, I know what you mean, but I've seen people well, yeah. <laughs> that they play it like about five times. They play it about five times and they're like, I'm pressing A. Is it not registering my A? What is going on? I'm, pre- I'm pressing A on time. What you know? Yeah, I know. it's just <laughs> interesting, isn't yeah, it? It's just, yeah. I just wondered from Rio's point of view whether that was a... I think I did it, to be fair. My first playthrough, I, I think I, did, I fucked it up like three times before realising... I probably did, in, in fairness. I just wonder from a story point of view. I think, that's... to be fair, that moment is probably maybe the first and only moment in a video game where you're prompted to do something that you don't you have do to do. Yeah. yeah, I think that's that. There's something in that that you don't you don't expect to see that. Mm. And obviously, whatever the the barber guy saying, Zangu, he, he he makes it clear not to move. But like you say, because it's a game. It's a reaction, isn't it? You're playing a game. Yeah. It's it's... all all through Shenmue, isn't it? It's um you QTEs are what yeah, you do a lot of QTEs in Shenmue. Let's not let's beat around the bush. So when one comes up, your reaction is to press it. Which is insane, really. It's another small detail that just separates Shenmue from any other video game in history, don't it? It's like it's that detail that the game is teaching you what it's trying Mm. to teach to Rio. It's just insane mental isn't how they communicate these sorts of things i mean i do think from an anime perspective i do think it's a little bit of a story hole because rio knows what he's going to well i assume rio's know what he's going to do he may not he may just walk in there he's gonna get knifed but yeah i know what you mean like he goes back sits in the same chair yeah same scene but this time he doesn't move from the knife Mm. because just just technically he's learned the wound (laughs) just a minor point but yeah but i suppose in real life just taking that into context if you were sat in a barber's chair and he puts a fucking blade right up to your neck. Even if it's the second, third time, your neck, you, you can't help but your neck have a tremble or anything, right? So Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, all I will say is this, this is one-to-one with the games. You get, like, Zangu over the chair, in the mirror and everything. Mm, um, it's so really, good. Really well put together. Um, he reveals the final wound. Dan, never be shaken, remain calm, resolute to make the proper decision. He says, Zangu tells Rio that anyone can have courage, but courage without any foresight will land you in all sorts of trouble. And he looks at his scar on his arm, suggesting that Zangu obviously did something without thinking and ended up hurt. 
I would suggest it's new to Zangu's character because I don't think you, it's even intimated in the game. I don't know if it's on the character model. Joe Kitchen, if you're around, listen to this. Um, let us know in the comments below because I'm sure you know you're rigging these guys up. You might might have seen something we haven't. It then sparks a brainwave of Rhea about why Zhuang refused to help him find uh, Yuandazu. So we then cut to Manmo Temple again. Rio confronts Zhuang, and he now understands that she won't help him. Why? Thinking he'll be led astray like someone else in her life once was, aka Zimming, her brother. Zhuang then fires back at Rio, asking what he intends to do when he finds out the truth about why his father was murdered and what he will do if he found out a oh, wow was killed by mistake. Now, interesting. Rhea doesn't have an answer, but Zhuang does, and she goes, "You're going to kill him." You know that revenge, even after learning wood, and she, you still don't understand that martial arts are there to protect your, you know, people's lives. And she says that in the games as well. That martial arts should be used to protect people's lives, and don't forget that as he leaves to go to Kowloon. And then Rio informs Zhuang that he's leaving and he won't be a burden to her anymore, prompting a silent flashback to Zimming. Uh, leaving to join Chi Yu Men. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't actually mention Chi Yu Men explicitly, but I suspect they're going to as we get on into Kowloon. Uh, Zhuang decides not to fight Rio's decision, but I reckon she's going to follow him. But you also, this is what I'm interested in, and we were talking about this earlier. They didn't do Counter Elbow Assault or the Leafs. Now, Counter Elbow Assault is a massive story point. We know this. He, he closes his eyes, he does the Counter Elbow Assault, mind clear like a polished mirror. And they haven't done it here. So it must, in my opinion, be safe for later. I can't see how they can do that story without counter Alba assault. But I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it shocked me that... I, the problem is, it, like we were saying on stream, we don't. I don't know where they're going to do this now because he's already said that he's leaving. Mm-hmm. So the episode ended there. So whether or not the next episode's going to carry on as though nothing's happened and he goes back to see Shuing or... You know, maybe has a scene with Fang Mei and Shuing walks back into the room. But at some point, he's got to, you know, unless they're going to skip all this stuff with like the leaf catching that we haven't seen yet, um, like you say, the counter elbow assault mm. teachings that he then he uses in Kowloon. Because when we get into the next segment of the show, the the preview of episode ten that we've seen, we know that obviously we do end up in Kowloon. Spoilers, mm. but obviously you you joining us now so that's a given um so whether or not that's going to happen before that stuff happens in that particular episode whether the start that the episode stays in you know in and around the temple and and whatnot it'd feel weird actually to to not say anything to fang mei because she's just done that that nice sort of deed for him where she took care of him when he was injured Mm. and she was obviously taking looking after him with the bandages and stuff and offered to do with the book book thing didn't she, she so did, whether yeah. just feels a bit weird that he wouldn't say anything at all or we don't see fang mate ever again at this point because you know after the kowloon stuff he comes back he sees shooing but he doesn't necessarily see fang mate right because mm-hmm. that's only in the optional scene if you do the birthday stuff i think you see fang mate again at that point yeah i think right. he already says bye to her at the end of this segment so to not see Fang Mei again seems weird. So I, I do think there's got to be something at the start of the next episode, I think, just to round the Hong Kong yeah. aspect off before we go to Kowloon. But I might be wrong. And I think I feel like the buzz sequence is quite iconic. And then seeing like the the skyscrapery sort of thing that they do, you know, that was based on that old, very old demo. I forget the Tower Tower Babel, something like Tower, that. Yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, that's quite an I- iconic scene, actually seeing the, the whole city and the the panning and the buzz trip. I, th- I feel like that would be pretty cool to adapt to anime. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't I know don't if you've know. got any thoughts on that one. I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see how they're going to piece this together because we've now got essentially four episodes left of this anime. We don't know how far we're going to go. People are thinking, is it going to go to Shenmue 2 and the, ca- the end of Shenmue 2 in the cave? I don't know because there's a lot there with the Greeling Walk that, you know, meeting Shenmue. You can't cut that. I think you need to develop that a little bit because that's the start of their relationship. Different point for another day, I think, when we finish the anime and we can pick that up. Yeah. Um, but, but here, They've got a lot to fit in Kowloon. And then like things like Counter Albert Assault, maybe Leaf Catching, maybe some more Fang Mei as well. Unless, of course, and I, I make this point, I think, on stream, that when Rio gets taken out by Donio, uh, where he finds Yuanda Zhu eventually, I do wonder if Zhuing at that point will take Rio maybe to the orphanage where she was raised, if they go down that route. Or, secondly... They might, because we're insinuating that Kowloon and obviously the main part of Hong Kong are quite close together, that yeah. she takes him back to her apartment and then, like... He what, during the Kowloon stuff, you mean? Yeah, during the Kowloon stuff, takes him back and then does it. There's the mm. counter-abo assault stuff there. That could work. Then Rio goes back to Kowloon and then continues on his journey, potentially. I don't know. I'm guessing. I'm just thinking I, that is a big story point. It's a massive story point. I don't know how you can get round it. I don't want him shouting swallow dive and taking Donia <laughs> with that. Like, no. You know, he's got to have that flashback to Shuing yeah. saying something, anti. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's that's part of the the fight. And I think it will come up because she mentions, you know, a serene mind like a polished mirror yeah. in this episode. Yeah. I think they're going to come back to it. It's just how they come back how to they it. How they do it. Question. But overall, man, the episode's really good. It, the pacing is picked back up. I think we're going to start accelerating again. Now we've got four episodes to go, which is crazy in itself. I can't believe we, you know, we're nine episodes into this now. But a thoroughly enjoyable episode. Follow the games pretty much, you know, bang, bang, bang. The way they've put the wood in with all the story points is excellent. Yeah, bring it on. We're going to Kowloon, which is probably one of, if not my favourite section of any Shenmue game going. And I think a lot of people love Kowloon and what goes yeah. on there. I can't That's, wait. I know, I know Peter does especially as well. Yeah. It's his favourite area Kowloon's of the game. And fantastic. I mean, essentially, we've got four episodes there, at least, possibly. Well, not at least, I mean, at most. Well, um, yeah. It depends and, how they go about doing it. We were we were talking on stream, weren't we, about a theory that maybe the the final episode's a longer episode. Maybe they do like a forty minute episode to kick, to round everything off. That would be That'd a dream. Be cool. yeah. But anyway, we're we're going way ahead of ourselves. <laughs> at this point. We've got four to go. Four to go. We'll, we'll do it we'll, when we get there. We'll do it. So let's yeah. have a little break anyway before we get started on what we did see from that little episode nine preview. I mean, it's only like twenty seconds, so it shouldn't take us too long to go through. But we're going to play the Waves of Morning Hay song. So obviously this was originally on the Shemu One orchestral soundtrack, but we didn't actually hear it in the game until the cutscene on Wong's boat. But yeah, we're going to play that right now.
Welcome back, that was Waves of Morning Haze, essentially from Shenmue 2. Right, Matt, next week's anime episode is called Comeback. Can you describe what we've seen of it so far? I can indeed. We get another 30 seconds. Well, I say 30 seconds, probably about 20 seconds when you've got the front of the bookends either side. So we are now in Kowloon, as anticipated, and Rio and Ren are about to enter the room where you discover a doll. Neo, you're in the Dancing Dragon building, of course. Rio enters first, and he says he's looking for Yuandazu, and Dol Neo emerges from the shadows, and it's the first time we hear his English voice, and I have to say, I, I interviewed Joe, Joe Daniels, when, uh, ages ago, and having heard his voice as Dol Neo, um, it sounds really good, really impressed with his voice, actually, very much like the games, I think it's slightly more refined than the games, but really enjoyed it, and you see the, the thugs come in, and Rio's like, right, okay, we'll have to fight these, Ren bursts in, takes them out, and Donio just turns around, punches both of them square in the face, and sends them absolutely flying. And then that's the end of it. Great little teaser. Um, stop giving me too many teasers. Just a little 30-second teaser after after an episode. 30-second teaser in the week. I'm happy. That was yeah. a really good teaser, though. <laughs> that's probably a good teaser, just to, set, like you say, set you up nicely. So you know Donio's in the next episode. Yep. You know, that is like, uh, well, I think you just mentioned it there, the Dancing Dragon building. Mm -hmm. So from what we were saying, I reckon you're going to see the heading to Yang shop. Yeah. yeah Obviously, yeah. you're going to find out that he's working behind the scenes for whoever. I, I forget who it was in the game. Is it Donu or? Yeah, he works for Donu, doesn't he? He, he works for Donu and uh, he gets a bit, he tips someone off, doesn't he, essentially, mm -hmm. that someone's looking for him. And I think he does tell them to go to the Dancing Dragon building, right? Yeah. Is it Yang that says that? Yeah, and gives them the code. Gives them the code, dragons don't sleep. Mm -hmm. And obviously that is the door, because we noticed it from the, the little scene there. That is the, the room that it looks like they head in to meet mm -hmm. Donu for the first time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, what else are you going to expect from next week's episode, Matt, do you think? I mean, obviously we've just spoken about the Hong Kong stuff that we want to see, but in terms of Kowloon stuff, what is um, going to come prior to that or after that, do you reckon? Prior to it, I don't, you might get a little bit of leaving Hong Kong. After that, I think you'll get Rio and Ren escaping. I think they'll do that. I think you can do that fairly swiftly, actually. So we'll get all the, the Dolmio chases and fighting, etc. You might get the scene on the roof where Ren asks who Rio is hunting, and he tells him it's Landy, and then Ren's quite surprised and talks about the Chi men. I do wonder if we'll get the Huang um, wiretapper stuff that may come in at that point and the tapes. I think you have to because you get the the lead for the bell, the yeah, moon child, the 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 blind guy, and and that sort of stuff. And well, that's where you learn about Yuan. I suppose there is two paths there. You can either go to the moon child building and go to the orphanage or that you know where the kids are, or whatever. And they say that the the minor bird lady is Yuan or whatever, and that's where the lead comes. Or you can go to the knife shops and the thousand white buildings and, and do it that way and do it that way as well. So at some point you do get a lead for you one. Yeah. Yeah, you do. And I think that's probably where they'll end that episode. They might do the tailing bit of you. Um, they've got a lot to cram into four episodes. I'm, I'm intrigued how they're going to get this, accelerate this. There's a lot of stuff goes on in Kowloon from a story perspective. It's very story driven. Kowloon It's probably the most story driven area of, of of the first original, you know, the original two Shenmue games, you can't do a huge amount of messing about really in, in Kowloon. So you can be a bit lucky hitting a bit of um, work and fighting, but 
really it's, it's sort of geared up for you to progress the story so i think they will try and do that here with the anime as well right to you matt so really looking forward to it matt we're reaching the tail end of the show now and obviously we're getting a brand new environment of kowloon so there's some exciting stuff ahead indeed so the time has come what has he decided to pick this week well actually i've taken a request from scribe who suggested to me to have a go at, the, at tackling the song so i'm not going to spoil it yet i've sent matt the karaoke version of the song now which you can listen along with bloody hell <laughs> it's another classic that i'm sure most will at least recognize hopefully yeah you will you'll recognize this i just hope yeah i hope i've got enough breath for this mate because this is gonna be a tricky one to get through hopefully i've done this justice for you scribe <laughs> here we go here we go right so matt let me just get it all the way back to the start i might need to turn yeah. that down slightly okay you ready yeah go for it Good luck, man. As I walk through the valley of the fragrant olive trees, I take a look at my pouch and realize it's full of leaves. Cause I've been grabbing, picking herbs so long that even my daddy thinks that his back pain is gone. But I ain't never picked a plant that wasn't worth it. Me be treating like a nurse, you know that you're hurting. You better watch how you're digging and when you're walking, or you and your masons might be dying in the stone pit. I really hate to bet because I'm broke. As they croak, I see my toad in the leader's smoke. Fool, I'm the kind of girl that all the villagers really like. On my knees in the night, saying prayers to the starlight. Been spending most my life living in a green paradise. I lift flowers with my mind, living in a green paradise. We eat garlic all the time, living in a green paradise. There's no need for Chow Wan sign living in the Greenland paradise. Look at the situation that I'll be facing. I can live a noble life. I was raised by the wildlife. I gotta be down with the hoof team. Too much goat watching. Got me chasing white deers. I'm an educated girl with prophecies on my mind. Got that star in the sky and a gleam in my eye. If you thugs come around, then I'll unleash my powers and I'll stare you down, so don't arouse my anger, fool. Death ain't nothing that I feel today. I'm living life baking pie. What can I say? I'm 16 now, been around since 1910. Where was my father going again? Tell me why are we so blind to see that the ones we love have been gone for weeks? Been spending most my life living in the Greenland paradise. Squat down into horse stance, living in the Greenland paradise. We chop wood for a good price, living in the Greenland paradise. Lucky head once or twice, living in the Greenland paradise. Flowers and the bird, wind and the moon, morning to night, night till noon. Everybody's winning, but half of them ain't betting. It's going on in the kitchen, but it's Rabbit that we're cooking. It should have been his turn, but nobody's here. He left me. If I can't call to him, how can he reach me? I guess he can't. I guess he won't. I guess he's stuck. That's why I know I might go take a look, fool. Been spending most my life living in the Greenland paradise. 
It's time to harvest rice, living in the Greenland paradise. The Shamu tree is looking nice, living in the Greenland paradise. I really should check my dad's alright, living in the Greenland paradise. Tell me why are we so blind? I see that the ones we love have been gone for weeks and tell me where have all of the birdies gone is my father hurt or was he taken blah blah skill gym 2022 <laughs> That's all I have to say to that one, man. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> okay. I could have done that better, I think. No, Fucking good job on that one. <laughs> thanks, man. Fucking hell. Whew. So thanks, Scribe, again for the request on that one. Mr. Trick with the announce my album on the April the 1st day. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I like that song, actually. Um, I didn't know the lyrics all that well, if I'm being honest, until I actually tried to tackle it. Hell of a job, man. I reckon I know the top. Yeah, it's a long one. Very long one. Um, actually, it's got, I was surprised, it's got almost as many views on YouTube as uh, Billie Jean by Michael Jackson. It was like something stupid, like 900 million for that song, and Billie Jean's like 1.2 billion. Pretty hell. So uh, it's a very popular one. So yeah, pretty cool. Not sure what I'll do next week. So Matt leads us into the new section. Speaking of April Fool's, <laughs> let's get the elephant in the room out of the way so vengeance what is this upcoming netflix tv adaptation of shenmue and when is it releasing and what can we expect from it well this adaptation of shenmue was an april fool's joke and it will release never um, it was a very well put together um joke by jib he does these every year actually and they're always outstanding this is a particularly outstanding one uh, the image of the jacket with the mirror and and the leaf was one, and they had the chow and some some like, like blood on the table. It might be tea, in fairness, but I thought it was blood. But yeah, it like people were asking if it was legit. Um, where they leaked it with all the the, uh, the file names etc. on it as well. I was um, really impressed by it. Unfortunately, it's not real. Unfortunately, it's not happening. But um, good fun, all the same for April Fools, isn't it? Always worth a laugh. Hundred percent, man. Obviously, he kind of outdid himself last year, didn't he, with that shimmy mania he did with like, uh, Sliver of Sands, and uh, that was crazy last year. So, But, I mean, this, like you say, even it fooled quite a few people. I had a few people messaging me privately as well, like saying, is this real or not? Or So, yeah, he always always tends to do a really good April Fool's joke, which is cool. Next up, Matt, we mentioned him a little bit early in the show, Joe and George Kitchen. They have just released a brand new video. It was kind of based on that last week's episode. What happened here? What's this this video about? And obviously, you'll pro- you'll play a bit of it in the background. I will. Yeah, I'll play some of it so you can see it. I might even see if I can get the um, music underneath it so it's so you can hear some of it. So Joe and George Kitchen again have written some brand new Shenmue inspired music, and this is based on uh, Zong Kwan, our friendly homeless guy in Golden uh, Shopping Centre, fighting off some yellow heads. And it's, it flashes into a fight scene there. 
you've got some of the other heads sat in Manmo Park as well. I won't spoil too much of it. Again, I just the work these guys do and the quality of these videos, the fact that Joey's rigging these up in the game engine. I know he's had help, you know, he's been taught how to do this, but yeah, and everything, but he's he's taken this and run. They've taken this idea and run. I'd love to see if they'd ever put together a little fan game or something. That'd be awesome. I think you were saying that as well on stream, if I remember yeah, right. It would be amazing, wouldn't it? And a few people mentioned the the prequel thing that they did with the Wow. Yeah, that would be awesome. That was ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous how they did all of that. And then sort of to add to it, I just you know these guys are talented, really, really talented. I mean, we get Shenmue four, WiseNet would be onto a really good thing here by hiring them to write the music or write some of the music. I mean, I bet they'd do it for free being Shenmue fans anyway. It's crazy. Get them involved, guys, seriously. Yeah, I think they should be involved. I think they should be involved in Shenmue 4. And like you say, it's not just what they're doing with these videos. It's it's the music that they're creating as well and the authenticity authenticity of the, the actual instruments and everything that they're using to create these pieces of music is, is great. So next up, I have got a, a Phantom Riverstone post. I don't know. I mentioned it earlier, that Shuhi Hall. Yes. Post up. So obviously... I think it was Koji, he found on Twitter the almost the exact likeness of this from the anime, the Shuhi Hall that Landy's seen at, and as we spoke about it a little bit earlier, where they got context for, I assume, like Yuanda Zoo going into hiding. But this is an actual restaurant based in Yokohama, and unfortunately it's actually closing for some reason, or the, or the moving from this particular building that you've seen in the anime to a different location for some reason. I'm not sure why, maybe they'll be getting people in harassing their staff or something for news on like China. (laughs) (laughs) Where is the mirror? Yeah, exactly. So they're having to move now, unfortunately, and that is going to happen on the 15th of May. So if you're down in Yokosuka for some reason, perhaps you're there for that upcoming event, which I think starts before 15th of May. So perhaps you could add this to your list of pilgrimage places to go to before it's completely vanished off the face of the earth, and obviously it doesn't look like it does for, that you can visit in the anime. So it would be a shame. Apparently, it's like a long-running business or a long-running chain of restaurants. So I suppose it's just like McDonald's shutting and moving somewhere else. It's not really an issue for McDonald's, but I mean, for a specific location, it's quite a big deal, I suppose, if you were planning on visiting. Mm. So anime release in Japan, when's that happening again? Just to remind people. So the anime release is happening on the 7th of April, midday uh, Japanese time, which is 4 o'clock in the morning UK. Um, it's going to be streaming across a lot of, um, of the main streaming platforms, including Amazon Prime over there. So I'd be interested to see if maybe after it's all run over here and Crunchyroll, etc. I think Scribe was saying this in, in chat earlier, that maybe like a company like Netflix or someone can pick it up so you can, you can pick it up outside Crunchyroll. We'll see. Um, I'm excited for the Japanese um, fans to join us on the journey. I know there's a lot planned in terms of Shenmue events, uh, the three-phase events, the live stream, everything they've got going on over there as well. Yeah, I'm just pleased that they're they're finally joining the party because they're going to be, by that point, uh, nine weeks behind. True, true, which is crazy to think of, isn't it, really, that they're on catch-up mode, I suppose. But uh, if they've if they're going in blind, if they've done a really good job based on like all the stuff that we've been chucking out. So. Oh God, I, I, they're going to be annoyed with us. We've been throwing out spoilers left, right, and centre for them. Yeah, I mean it's not our fault. It's no, it's uh, whoever decided that they're going to be in now. Now we behind us for some reason. I don't know, but all the same, it's coming out very soon. If you're listening to us from Japan, and just in case, 
well, I suppose it's still relevant at that that point, right? So once the anime releases, people can still head over to my anime list and go back to oh, the yeah. episode one and sign up and do all that fun stuff we've been pestering people to do yeah, yeah. the past gonna... nine weeks and we'll continue to do for the next five or four or whatever. We are indeed. And just as a side point, there's now 11,000 people who have it on their wow. watch list. So Mental. we're going up very, very quickly, actually, to There's be 10, fair. 10,000 last week. It's now 11,000. So something's going well, isn't it? Yeah. So we could end up at, what, 14,000 maybe by the end of it? 13, 14, 15 maybe? Yeah, that'd be awesome if Maximum. we did. Yeah. And then obviously that can still grow beyond the show's show run because it's still a thing. It's not like it's never going away. So, yeah, keep an eye out on that. Make sure you go over there, leave a review, rate the latest episode and all that fun stuff. Next up, Matt, Sega-powered. We mentioned this last week, but it is actually on sale now to pre-order. And I think by the time you're actually listening to this show, if you're listening to us on the Friday that we release this thing, or even Saturday, I think at that stage, they're actually getting the the magazines ready to actually ship to customers. Or people that have pre-ordered it. I don't want to say customers. But yeah, Sega fans out there, Shemu fans that perhaps are actually looking forward to this magazine. Obviously, it's got a, a Shemu cover. It's got a postcard. It's got a massive feature from myself and you, Matt, that yeah, Dean and, and the guys over there at Sega Power have actually created together based on some of the stuff that we've been explaining to them. We've, we've given them quite a lot of stuff there. Uh, I'm, I'm still excited to see actually what they've actually done with that. The, we're still yet to see it ourselves, but very, very soon. In fact, I think he said tomorrow, so at time of recording, we might see some of this stuff tomorrow, Matt. We so, might indeed. Yeah, pop a link in the description there. Make sure you go pre-order this magazine, especially if you're into the... Sega magazines or Shemu magazines, you know, if you back Shemu World, this is probably of interest to you. And talking about Shemu World, by the time this show airs again, I will have sent out, or hopefully I should have done, sent out the survey, which is seeking your backer name addresses. So obviously your backer name is going to go in the, the middle pages again, like last issue. So make sure you get back to me. I'm going to give you like a two-week grace period, I think, from when mm-hmm. I send out the surveys, just because... Obviously, the way we work, it's like the the magazine's finished, done a dusted kind of situation. So I'm still waiting on the the processing fund from Kickstarter, the uh, the payments there to come through, so that I can go ahead and order stuff. But obviously, I'm not going to order stuff until we've got your backer names in the magazine. So make sure you can get them back to me asap, along with your address, because obviously then I can ship the magazine straight to you as soon as all the stuff comes in, which hopefully will be sometime in May, because what are we on now we're at the start of april yeah so there's still going to be like at least three weeks before i even place the order i would say um so even after the two weeks i'll probably have to remind a few people just to tell me what your backer name is going to be for the magazine make sure all that's done and dusted and ready to go and i think even if you don't give me your backer name i take your name from the kickstarter for the people that didn't so if you want yeah. a specific name Make sure you let me know in the survey that's going to go out this week. I've got two bits of news hot off the press. Oh, go for it, man. So Jason DeMarco, who went on to Twitter while we were recording this and had an open forum. So I asked him, uh, what about merchandise for Shenmue the anime? And he said, interestingly, the merch rights are with Sega, so we'd have to ask them. And he doesn't know of any current plans. So we want merchandise. Hound Sega. There you go. And then the second bit of news, and Shemmy Forever asked this question. I, I didn't. Um, I thought I might have been a bit too forward, and I don't think he'd comment on this publicly too much anyway. But Shemmy Forever asked, are we going to get a season two? And Jason DeMarco turned around and said, 
if enough people watch this season. And for those of you who don't know who Jason DeMarco is, he is Senior Vice President at Adult Swim. So he's high up. He was he headed up the Shenmue animation project from Adult Swim's side. So quite simply, if we want a season two, get people watching this damned anime. Is this Q&A thing still going on or is it? It's just finished. Okay. I just happened to, happened to spot it. I wonder what they gauge as like how many people watch this anime. Do you know what I mean? To, to, to warrant a season two. <laughs> in comparison to the other anime that to, that are on Toonami, Shenmue is constantly number one. It leads the Toonami block. Now that might help it as well, but it's always the highest viewed anime. It's been the highest viewed anime for weeks. It's been trending on Twitter for weeks on end. I think we're in a good position, but let's let's not take it lightly. Let's let's finish the job. I'm just let's looking out. It, it's nice to see so many Shenmue related questions when he opens the floor up in it. Yeah. So, mm, interesting on the merchandise that they don't know. It's like in Sega's hands. So, we've got to assume a Blu-ray, and I, I feel like we've heard about a soundtrack, but we might just be. I might just be making that up. I don't know. I think we'll get a soundtrack and Blu-ray. I think um, whether we at get the very out. minimum, right? Yeah, I think Sega would be mad not to go in or not all in on this, especially for us, us lot. We'd lap it all up. But anyway. Thanks for those little bonus bits of news there, Matt. That's uh, literally live as it happens for you there. Hot off the press. Hot off the press. But let's wrap the show up with some forum posts from last week's episode. So if you head over to the Shenmue Dojo forums and take part in the current episode's discussion, we'll try our best to read out a few of these posts from I like to try and go for like new names, new new users. So if I mm. see you, if you're a brand new user, and you leave a fairly decent sized comment, not just like one word, if it's a few sentences, and obviously it does a good job at summing up the episode and sharing a good opinion on the the episode. Obviously, we don't want like this is the worst anime I've ever seen, and we're not going to read that on, on air. So make sure you you're at least somewhat positive, and uh, you'll probably get a chance to be featured on the show. So I'm going to start with a user called Shinchuk, who says he's going to be that guy and says that he prefers Fang Mei's personality in the game over her sassier anime personality. Just seems a little cliche teen anime girl. He felt in the game that she broke the mould, even if he needed to do some digging to get the cutscenes and interactions, but just his own takes there. So I picked that one just because it was a slightly different thing. So obviously a lot of people... I assume a lot of people like Fang Mei's character from both the game and the anime. From the, yeah. what I've seen so far, I don't see any grumblings from the anime. So this is like the first kind of negative kind of comment I've seen on a particular character and Fang Mei specifically. I, I, as far as I'm aware, Matt, right? Yeah, I, I see where they're coming from, in, in fairness. I, I do think it's very, it's a very typical anime type character. I don't mind it. I think Rio getting bitched about was quite funny. She's very I, I, ditzy in the game, though, isn't she? She like yeah, very forgetful. I, I, she like she walks out with the washing basket and then forgets and comes back in. And I think you know. she's a, she's a softer character. She's more gentle in her demeanor in the games, whereas here I think she's a bit more, a bit more in your face, a bit stronger. I think a lot like a lot of the female characters in here. I think they've played up their their their, um, their stronger you know, character assets, which is absolutely fine. No issue with it at all. And I have no issue with with the portrayal from between the games. I I like Nozomi, for example. I prefer in the anime to the games. Yeah, um, there's some sort of like crossing crossing over, and like there's some characters that end up kind of character personalities. Like you say, like Nozomi's a bit. I was going to say weird in the game, but she, you know she is a bit of like a quiet 
mm. you know, just emotional character, and she's just always sad, gloomy. I don't know, but in the anime, she was a bit perkier. She had like more of a yeah, personality more, about her. Yeah, she's got a bit more steel about her, and I like like that. And I think Fang Mei's character is fine. And actually, sort of speaking of uh, character, Zhuing uh, was was good as well. But looking at the next comment, Hazuki Double Zero. At first, I was a bit surprised with the new personality of Fang Mei, but I think it does work. About the pace of the anime, I was thinking um, as well, how the hell are they going to include all the events that happened in Shenmue 2 in just five episodes? So I think they will leave them for the second season. But I think they'll include what is left from Shenmue 2 and Shenmue 3. What's the, re- um, what's the reason to show some characters in place of 3 if they aren't including it? It's nice to see Izumi and Eileen, but they have skipped some other events instead. Uh, nice work that they are doing with Ewing, by the way. I love Ewing's character in the anime. Absolutely yeah, spot me on. too, mate. Me too. Very, very well put together. Her personality is perfectly portrayed and she's well designed. I always loved uh, her in, in the game, all of her appearings, helping Rio, and it seems they're making it happen again. Looking forward to the next episode. Right. Good stuff, man. So next up, we've got Tornado Kick. Very <laughs> fitting name, although <laughs> we didn't see it in the show who says, I think this was my favourite episode since the Yamagishi one. The last couple were spent setting up the characters and this one starts to flesh out the world a little bit more. It doesn't feel as thinly spread as the previous ones. The episodes since Hong Kong have felt very much like set-up episodes. It does feel like Kowloon is going to either be gutted or perhaps we'll only see the start of it, if any of it. Well, we know that's not true anymore, but yeah. yeah. Donu has a voice actor but I guess they might not actually get into the Kowloon, Kowloon plot beats and leave him as a cliffhanger for next season. That's interesting that someone had that conception only last episode. Mm. That said, great episode overall. Pleasantly surprised to see Eileen and Azumi. However, briefly, I really like how they fleshed out some of the secondary characters like Zhou Kwan and Han Hui, or how we've taken some time away from Rio to peek at other characters like Shuing and Fang Mei as they interact. Yeah, agreed. Even Rio has a bit more personality without breaking too much from his stoic stance. As silly as it might sound to those who aren't fans of the game, I'm excited to see, see the Chowan signs, just because Chowan signs. <laughs> anyway, far more pleased by the series than expected. I love the loyalty to the games, partly because friends and family have always, who have heard me talk about Shemmy for 20 plus years are finally getting to actually see and appreciate it even if in abbreviated form, which is a, another nice point, Mark, actually, isn't it? that this is a more easily digestible sort of content for Shamu. You can share it to your family if you want to, your brothers, sisters, siblings, mm. parents, mm. and show them like what, <laughs> why you're such a, a dedicated diehard kind of fan and, you know, you've got like a, a thousand bits of merchandise on yeah. your walls and shelves and stuff and the pe- people probably think you're a, little bit, a bit of a weirdo or something and you can actually show them now why you love the series so much yeah and again it's doing its job isn't it if, you, if you're getting people into it through the anime and then people pick it up pick the games up and all the rest of it and start to understand where we've been coming from from all this time then it's doing its job and it's doing its job wonderfully well i mean we had a guy in stream the other week who hadn't played the games only knew shenmue properly through the anime is now picking up the games um, that's what we want from all of this at the end of the day. And just long may it continue, I think. I mean, the anime has been excellent so far. And it's a really good entry point for people into the franchise and, and the wider lore and you know, communities and, and everything else in between. For sure, man, for sure. So we come on to Shenson with the last comment of the show. And he said, love the episodes. Um, it was great. And it's awesome to see Ewing finally called Rio out on his bullshit motives. <laughs> okay. 
Very true. That yeah. boy wants revenge first and foremost, and he does. I'm really enjoying these slower paced episodes. The anime team pretty much stated that they preferred the Shenmue 2 characters. So it's no surprise they're focusing on way more than the Shenmue 1 cast. I also think it's safe to say the anime is finishing on the Kowloon rooftop, which will make a great finale. Remember, the anime team said they're covering most of Shenmue 2. I don't think a walk through Guiling talking to Shenhua would make a good finale for the anime. Mm. Save that for later. At the very least, at the end of episode 13, show Rio finally meeting Shenhua by the river and then end it there. Maybe some picture scenes in the credits of them walking through the forest. We did kind of talk about this quite mm. a lot on the stream, didn't we? We did. Which, I mean, we could talk about for another 20 minutes, so we'll save it there because obviously we don't know what's going to happen. It's just no. all speculation at the moment. But um, Bring it on. Bring I it will, on. I will... Just say to like anyone that's watching us right now or listening, just leave a comment somewhere. Tell us your thoughts, whether you think you're going to see up to the end of Shenmue 2, perhaps in the anime, and how would you prefer? Would you prefer to see the full Guilin side of things, like that full fourth disc Guilin chapter that we had in Shenmue 2? Would you prefer that to be at the tail end of this particular season of the anime? Or left until the start of next season. It's it's quite a, a topic of debate, I think. I mean, I, I stated on stream that I think it would work better if they did try and squeeze it in season one, because then in between seasons, someone can go off and play Shemu 3, and then that's good marketing for Shemu 3, and then obviously Shemu 4 to follow. Whereas mm. if you just kind of cut a little bit before the end of the Greenland stuff, then it's like. I don't know. It's like why? Why would you? Why would you not try and just squeeze squeeze it out if you can? Which is what what kind of led us to like thinking that there could be a double episode to finish with. Yeah, it could um, be. I mean, there's a lot to get through, but I don't know. I just think that is probably the best way of doing things, so that people who might be interested in the games can actually go off and pick up Shemu Three at least. I don't know. But that's it, mate. So. Thanks again for joining us for another fantastic episode recap show. We're going to leave you with the introduction to Kowloon. Seems like that's where we're heading next from Shenmue 2. So enjoy that and we'll see you again next week. See you later.
Ah, oh, look at the time. 